up, everybody? You're listening to NoCo Cinema here on WGN+. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I am Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And we're, as always, very psyched to be back with you for another week of Chicago Film Talk. Connor was not here last week. We missed you. You were over in uh, Lake Flambeau. Lake, Lake du Flambeau. Flambeau, yes. The Lake of the Torches. Um way north and it was beautiful yeah and i was nowhere near a record studio and around very few movies even so i felt very out of my element but i got some sun that's good you are looking quite tan i don't really get like a studio tan much no so the studio tan is really weird because it really only gets kind of like the back of your neck yeah exactly and we are god my goodness tom what is so much has changed yeah we are uh currently i maybe keep it a little under wraps but Mm -hmm. we are recording in a different studio than the last couple episodes we are looking at the beautiful view of navy pier from here at 303 east wacker so happy to be in these new studios it's so beautiful it is miss tribune but this is also uh super dope yeah so i I can't really complain I feel as though I can see the subtle curvature of the earth. Yeah. It's flat earthers eat your heart out. <laughs> if there's one thing that this show is not, it is not a pro flat earth show. It's I'm not very much about the roundness of the earth. I, the hollowness. The rotund, that's up for debate. And the creatures which live within the yeah. hollowness. Now Mole that people blizzards, lizard people, Mole, maybe just moles, not even people. No, just I, I, can you imagine if that's like what's happening and it's just a contingent of like moles waiting to take over once yeah. we burn ourselves see, off the surface of the earth see that's the thing i'm always wondering why is it like okay fine maybe there are things living in what is surely the hollow crust of the earth but <laughs> are they all trying to take over the surface you yeah, know I think they're just, they might just wait are they out. all plotting yeah who knows uh, that movie hold on put that in the movies idea okay book, great idea you know mole well i feel like it's hollow. been done yeah it'll just hollow. be called hollow and it's about moles taking over the earth okay great. Uh, <laughs> put that in the back pocket we've got a great guest for you today uh she is director of the mill coast film festival jess Lewandowski. yep very strong name Jess Lewandowski. that's Lewandowski. me mm-hmm. and uh she is here to talk a little bit about this film festival coming to chicago here in september now this is not the first time this festival has gone on it's moving from indiana it's moving from uh, indiana correct yep, bloomington indiana bloomington indiana College to town. chicago yeah we're all my hoosiers who's your oh mm-hmm. who's your mama coming over here to <laughs> chicago to take over the film festival circuit welcome to the show jess hello thank you for having me so i gotta start off with this why make the move from bloomington to chicago because this festival was experiencing quite a bit of success over in bloomington a place that most people would not think like hey there's a really great film festival we should go to it's in indiana why oh make the God. move to chicago well um practical reasons my husband is a cinematographer and he got a job here so i've got kids we couldn't do the we tried one year of us living here and me running it remotely mm-hmm. and it just it was too much so i want too much control so yeah because um, i think good festivals they need a person who is hyper organized and really you know type a and just cares too much about you know if there's enough toilet paper and if the <laughs> filmmakers have you know um directions to the exact theater they're going to go to and all that shit um it it just makes for a smoother festival because i'm also a filmmaker and i've attended a lot of film fests i produce a lot of stuff so i've been to my share of like really great festivals and really super shitty festivals so um i i realized that i wasn't doing it a disservice 
mm-hmm. to to get to stay there. And it's Indiana, and they don't want to support the arts, so fuck them. You know, like really, is it um, tough to is it tough to work with them? Do you, is there like a film board or oh, like do you, yeah, have to, who do you have to work with? I was on a film commission, and we busted our asses trying to get some like a film tax credit, like Chicago has and Illinois has. It's I mean, it's not great here either, but mm-hmm. it, it's a doable. And there's a huge difference in the in the ind- independent film scene here. There are so many like filmmakers here who are able to make a living you know just doing commercial work or doing um even their independent work tv and film so um we busted our ass trying to make that happen and it just wasn't responsive because the government you know they're the we always i mean i'll I'll talk so much shit on indiana government (laughs) no please go ahead so all the people of indiana (laughs) just just make it super clear that most of the people in indiana hate mike pence like let's just like lay Mm. that out he wants a handmaid's tale type of reality and it's it's totally true um but he didn't want those types the government didn't want Mm. creative types i'm using quotations the expressive types you know yeah so um sure with empathy yeah keep keep your state i mean they're going to continue to have a a brain drain happen in that state um where all the creatives just spin their wheels for a couple years i mean we tried it for four years there and it didn't work so um picked up and left shop and i'm not the only person with the creative endeavor who's like left for the coast or for chicago or whatever right so um but with my network and uh with my team we were able to you know use really clever branding and clever marketing and we were able to grow like a really solid film fest that was well run well organized and um it, it the 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 structure of it transfers easily here because i've already found an awesome team to you know pick up where we left off so we're just going to hit the ground running. And it does seem as though that the transition isn't hurting you guys too bad because you're going to have a you've got a hell of a lineup. Uh you've got people from Chicago that are contributing to the festival. You got Dustin mm-hmm. Pueller, you're flying people out from LA to come and exhibit their movies. Yeah, from LA, Atlanta, um Austin. Uh we've got a couple people from Santa Fe film scene coming, which is a really cool film scene. Um we've got New York, of course, Toronto, right. um couple from BC. We may have a few Australian. There's this film that's going to be screening called Sinkhole that everyone should check out from this Australian filmmaker. Um, it's it's a really great film. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the airport, it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's two airports. <laughs> so there's a lot of benefits to having it here. We just, it, the competition is higher. Right. So Which is probably fun, right? It's fun because we're able to really flex on being like the irreverent film fest. We're, I mean, there's so many film fests here that have a niche and they're already established and they, you know, you, know, you go to it knowing what you're going to get. This, we're sort of like... like carte blanche like we can sort of set the tone from the go that we are um we don't give a fuck yeah (laughs) well and that's it's important to find your people within that uh within the larger chicago film community and it seems like you guys almost have this chicago mentality a a similar ethos to what you were doing in bloomington just Mm -hmm. without you know you have the chicago mindset in bloomington you just got to bring it here and people are going to respond to that yeah and i feel bad because i shit on indiana but bloomington is not indiana it's the blue bubble (laughs) in the red in the red state but it's such a lovely community and we've got like a bunch of our volunteers that are going to come up for the weekend so they get like a holiday weekend here in chicago 
Um, we have some nice people from Oldenburg, Indiana, who oh. who would travel to. I mean, that's like I think it's on the river, like the farthest south you can go. Um, they're going to come up to Chicago for the weekend, so we're we're doing a lot for Chicago tourism as well. Like it needs to. I mean, it certainly doesn't need the bump. No, it does. Yes. It does. We well, need I'm, more people from Indiana. Yeah. And the more film festivals, the better. Uh, so for the Middle Coast Film Festival, you're going to be screening films in six categories. Narrative mm-hmm. features, narrative shorts, documentary features, documentary shorts, uh, episodic and experimental. Mm-hmm. So that is a lot of yeah. you're covering pretty Wide much every swath. basis. Yeah, it fits in everybody. Yeah. I'm really I really like the idea that there is an experimental category because I feel like I go to a lot of film festivals and they're just, you know, uh they'll cherry pick from certain other film festivals yeah. and take things that they think will bring in a wider audience whereas right. it seems that your idea is to like let's just see what's happening. Let's yeah. just let's see what people can come up with. I've got a great director of programming. Her name's Melissa Fitzsimmons. She lives in L. She's a working filmmaker. She has been doing it for close to 20 years now. Um, She is in fest. She travels around all the time. So her network is just giant. And she's got like our jury is we can't say who they are because we're not paying them. So but they're um, so they've asked us as a favor. They're watching these films. But the people that are watching our filmmakers films are like top tier they know so we'll whisper like we'll let them know at the festival who watched their films and what they thought of them but um yeah we're we're working on we need financial support so we can pay these people and (laughs) right so that's what this year's all about is just like a introduction to be like here's our lineup here's the kind of things you can come to expect we're going to do um touch points throughout the year four times a year we're going to do some screenings at the davis that's our like our headquarters when I was shopping around um, looking for a theater to move the festival to, um, it, w- it really came down between the Davis and the Music Box. And those are the two top indie theaters in Chicago. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Music Box already has the Reeling Film Fest uh, that's about the same time. I think it runs, it's like a two week festival. I, I don't know. Go to their website. Um, <laughs> but they're like a good. Um, so that's a good example of a niche film festival. We're we're in everything. Everybody come amalgamate each other and like, let's all just mix in a big pot of, together and see what happens. Yeah, and Get, the, the Davis is a fantastic location. We were talking a little bit off mic about the recent massive renovations that mm-hmm. theater's gone under, and it looks beautiful. It's gorgeous. I haven't been yet, so oh I'll man, have to check it out. It's it's gorgeous. They had an architect who um, right before. Uh, so she finished the job at the Davis and then she got picked up to start designing stadiums and shit. Like, for, wow. wow. Yeah. So, so she goes from designing this little indie movie theater to well, the Superdome. Yeah. yeah. She, worked for, she worked for a firm here in Chicago. Um, and then she did a little freelancing and the Davis was one of her freelance jobs. Wow. And then she got picked up and now she's like in Abu Dhabi and like all over the world. So, designing like, designing you know, the islands. Building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, they, I, the Davis was just an old movie palace, and they split it up into three theaters that um, seat like roughly 140, 150, and then uh, the main screen, which is like 256, I think. Um, and there's bars attached, so you can bring like um, our beer sponsors, Half Acre, 
Um, Wonderful. You know, you can pick up a daisy cutter and go in. And um, we've got a signature drink called the Drunk Flamingo because our mascot is this like drunk flamingo guy. <laughs> Very self explanatory. <laughs> yes. But it's a froze. So it's delicious. Oh. Mm. Um, it, and it's very very ginny so you get very Good. drunk so this is the this the festival is the whole package you yes. get yeah. you get uh th- over 33 hours of film mm-hmm. a smorgasbord of uh g- genre offerings yeah. yes and uh let's talk a little bit about some of the highlights of this festival okay. tell us about some some of the yeah. big movies what are we that looking we can at? expect to see well um we're starting anniversary screenings for our opening night film so that will get the butts and seats for people who are like i don't know about a film festival you know yeah. i don't know it's it's for the highbrow people um this lets people know right off the bat um no you're totally welcome here yeah. we're doing a screening of the birdcage oh my god yes and it's going to be uh uh preceded by a drag queen fashion show that is okay. And, and this is this is in partnership with a queer owned creative and experiential agency for for all humans. Yes, sir. Yep. So is this is this is them being like, hey, yeah. let's watch some queer cinema. Pride month Pride Month may be over, but Pride yeah. Life is mm-hmm. forever. Right. For life. For life. For life. I love that. Um and that's part of our mission is to amplify these people, like give them because we're all like save for one of our member, one of our staff members, we're all white people. Like, if mm-hmm. we don't, and uh, two of our board members are um, uh, gay, and so, like, I don't know. It's just part of our. It's part of our mission to give a platform to people who don't have what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so our job is to, you know, lift them up and then shut up and let them have the stage. And so that's part of our. This is one of our mission ethos is to like do that and so uh for all humans is based out of atlanta mm-hmm. and they're coming up and they're teaming up with our resident drag queen cat sass oh and um so that's opening night it's going to be a big party we're going to have a filmmaker party at the warbler um across the street from the davis and that'll be like very fancy farm to table food you know? oh wonderful that- i just i get so excited with everything she said yeah. Like, yeah farm to table food the bird super cage. ginny drinks yeah. and yes. the, the bird cage the drunk flamingo i oh. mean imagine i mean and the bird cage is one of those films you need to see with other people oh totally i it, love the the idea of like laughing with other people it just it lifts your spirit and we need that in these freaking dark times yeah and, yeah. and so that's that's why we wanted to program that um that's why we wanted to team up with for all humans um so that's our friday night it's just parties and the birdcage and then an additional uh screening yet to be determined of our headliner so you'll have the option of two headliners that night um and then saturday it starts at 9 a.m and it goes all the way until like two or three in the morning oh my gosh and and yeah. this is all for like thirty five dollars. Oh, you yeah. get a yeah. full weekend, yeah, We're of just super great film, so much fun, and I can't. I mean, I'm just shocked at the price of that because people people think about film festivals. They can go on for like potentially a week, two yeah. weeks, but this is just a nice, tightly packed weekend. Mm-hmm. You can you can just decide on a whim to go to this. Yeah, and, and that's I, what we want. We want those like we're putting up a big street banner and stuff. And we want those walk-up people. LaCroix is one of our sponsors, and they're doing, like, a big street um, 
art installation with the with the boxes and so we're going to try and pull as many people off the street as possible and we needed that price point to be under 40 bucks mm-hmm. um there will be promo codes so follow us on facebook and instagram to find those promo codes that take like 10 bucks off so it'll be even cheaper um yeah our biggest concern is just making sure we have enough space toilets yeah drinks <laughs> yeah. like because we we don't have any idea of how many people will show up we have our like base of like about Mm, 3,500 our email list is like 3,500 deep but you know we're we're estimating that it should be like 500 to 700 people but it could be more it could be less who Um, knows and i mean just think about the price points on that too i mean 35 dollars for three days if you want to one movie at a normal at like an amc or something mm -hmm. like that you're already going you know friday saturday and sunday you're already going over that yeah we're we're competing with movie pass yeah i was gonna say (laughs) suck it movie pass you get to see 33 over 33 hours of film (laughs) Mm -hmm. and 9 a.m to 2 a.m unless movie pass wants to sponsor us in that case we're not talking shit about you we're not walking it back either though we're challenging you to we're throwing down the gauntlet yeah be be part of a independent film and that's what a good sponsor content creator relationship does yeah we challenge each other mm -hmm. and we've got we've got our like our dream sponsorship partnership um happened a few days ago with tushy the bidet company um if you haven't heard about tushy go to tushy um on instagram they uh, it's a bidet you can install in your home toilet, and it's everything you dreamed of and more. <laughs> I want to ask a sprinkler <laughs> in your bedroom, in your bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> when it when it comes to putting get together a film festival, <laughs> yes. um, obviously, I mean we've talked about getting all these filmmakers together, yep. getting sponsorships together because mm-hmm. this does not happen cheap. Getting volunteers, renting the theater, and yep. getting that all together. Right. What do people miss about thinking about film festival? What do what do people not understand about what it goes into making a film festival? Um, just all the hard work. I mean, th- the hard work done by the filmmakers. We're really because our our director of programming is a filmmaker. I work in the film industry. My husband works in the film industry. Our uh, operations director is a, a casting. She owns a casting company called Compass Casting here in Chicago. Um. We really care about the experience of the filmmakers because if the filmmakers are happy, they're interacting with the audience. We we are giving them a guidebook. You need to talk to three of our audience members. You're going to have a special pass. Like you're here to work. Like we're yeah. going to sc- we're this is a symbiotic relationship where we're giving you a platform to screen your film and get more eyeballs on it and get people talking about it. Therefore, getting you closer to getting a distributor deal so they can then take that cash and make their next movie. Um, so we see their path. We see what they want to do, why they come to the festival. But we want to make the experience enjoyable for the audience. And that comes from getting that interaction between the filmmaker and the audience member. Like maybe the potential filmmaker, a person who's like just graduated from film school. They come there. They need a job. We're like, you're a good fit for this filmmaker. Go forth and prosper. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff um, that we that we're looking to do and i just want the audience to be aware of how many how much time like with each short film that they screen they need to realize that that's like a five to twenty five thousand dollar investment and that's just the short films and so when you're screening the the features those are people are you know mortgaging their houses to putting everything into them so being taking the time to ask filmmakers questions um 
is like that's what they live for so we have created these videos we just wrapped on them um they're um what instructional videos on how to have a good q a and how to be a good uh, how to answer a good how to be a good how to have a good q a from the audience side how to have a good q a from the filmmaker side and they're very tongue-in-cheek like basically just don't suck (laughs) the question of how much did this cost does not need to happen no Um, no one wants to talk about that right it's just painful what camera did you shoot it on no one cares um and then you know don't ask idiotic questions like Oh, I didn't realize a woman made that. Yeah. I was surprised that a woman directed that. Will these be on repeat throughout the... Yeah, they're going to play... uh, It's similar. I don't know if you've ever been to Alamo Drafthouse. So I'm from Austin, and I saw saw Alamo Drafthouse when it first started. And that's that's kind of the vibe that I am modeling this festival after. I program for a few other festivals, and I don't have creative control over those. I just pick the movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I have input, but, you know... With here, I'm able to be like, Tushy? Yeah. Let's, let's like, go. There's no no doubt about it. I know that that's right. And that's um, based off my experience watching Alamo Drafthouse become the huge entity that they are now. And it's because they've always, um, they've always considered their films and their audiences to be like, they're, they're taking a, a shit. Like, like yeah. <laughs> it's... They're not, they're not even it. using a bidet. They're not even using a tushy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they're not they're not taking it so seriously because yeah. it's not like if you've ever been on a film set, you realize again, like you have to have the sense of humor to survive. Yeah. And that you can't have that air of pretension. It's so annoying. Oh, my God. It's like, horrific. Yeah. And people who take themselves so serious, like you're just making a movie, bro. Like it's not <laughs> yeah. you did not cure cancer maybe 50 people are gonna like really give a shit that's cool like i'm one of those people who have made projects that only (laughs) have been seen by 50 people but um i also don't think that it's going to um i don't need to i don't need to be patted on the back for just uh there's no awards given for just showing up right and um i think you have to be a good person yeah Mm -hmm. and that's and that's super important is that um you know going into this is uh when you're when you are making a film and to be fair i've never made a film i've just talked to a lot of people who've made films and it seems like one of the unifying theories is that like don't go into this thinking that you're gonna be an oscar winner or something like this it's not why you do it you make it because this Mm -hmm. is your art and if no one sees it no one sees it yep and if you know, a hundred thousand people see it, a hundred thousand people see it, but that's not the intention yeah. right, necessarily. It's the building of the community. And that's, that's our niche here in Chicago. Um, there are so many good film fests here where you can just go and have a great weekend watching movies. What we're trying to do is go that next step up of really connecting people. So like all the filmmakers out there, all the film students, we want you at this festival. You come up to me and you're like, I need a job. And I'll be like, okay your vibe is good with this dude let's let's let's, work on it yeah so um and the majority we didn't set out for this but the majority of our filmmakers are female Mm -hmm. um we've got a ton of like poc films lgbtqia am i saying that right it's ia now yep yeah i'm ignorant so always teach me um our 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 programming is just so broad and it's from people that um you normally wouldn't see 
paired alongside of like really established filmmakers like mm-hmm. Frank Mosley, who's like all over the place. His film sits right. His film screens right alongside um, a Chicago filmmaker that no one's really heard about. You know, so. Well, I love the intersection of the independent artists being brought in with some of these bigger names. Yeah, that's think, important. Yeah, it's going to be a really great way to. And if you haven't ever been to a film festival before, or you were always interested in experiencing sort of an independent film uh, atmosphere. This is going to be a great way to do it. That's what we're going for. And our panels are really interesting. So we've got like the full day of films so you can watch your films. And on our schedule, we've got them broken down into um, cheeky little blocks. So you kind of get an idea of what you're you're in for. Um, and then we have panels that will happen inside the Carbon Arc Bar, which is the bar and restaurant attached to the Davis. That's really nice. Um We've got our Coastal Connection panel, which is uh, going to be... So the LA Women's Filmmaker Collective will be flying out, um, and they're going to be do, having a discussion with Chicago's Women of the Now. Oh, yes. yes. We know them. Yeah, they've been on the show. They are going to take over this city. So oh, they, yeah. I, am, we, I have no doubt about that. <laughs> we, we are grabbing onto their coattails absolutely like take us wherever you're going so um (laughs) smart move yes well they're just and they're awesome women lane marie williams is the director um and she will she'll be on that panel so there'll be like this really interesting so the la women's writer or la women's filmmaker collective they're established like they've got people that um so they started this collective similar to what women of the now are doing here Mm -hmm. and they started hiring each other for their projects so it was like no one hires um no one's hiring female filmmakers no one's hiring female crew okay well let's it's that idea of like building a separate house yeah um so they started that and now these women are like writing for hbo directing for hbo they're on huge things doing huge things with amazon like amazon studios and netflix and like major features so they're kind of like where women of the now aim to be mm-hmm. i mean i don't want to speak for them but it's i just think it's going to be a fascinating conversation to have to see what a collective in chicago could look like especially with all the new um like there's a few hbo things being shot here now stars is going to shoot some stuff here um there's a bunch of tv production that's starting to come here thanks to the illinois film office mm, one right. of our sponsors um because they give a shit about giving a tax. The government gives a shit about the arts. Yeah. Yeah. And to a point. Well, to a point. Yeah. yeah I was just going to say. <laughs> it's not, and it's, it's not always going to be perfect. And it seems like there's, there's always going to be that contention between uh, artists trying to make their art and the government trying to subsidize it but they want it to be done their way. Yeah, and it's right. like and I think that struggle is just kind of at the core of uh, yeah, all great art really yeah um all the great just... things that people do in this city uh since you since you from austin mm-hmm. you've been you were in bloomington now you're in chicago yeah what's your what's your read on the differences in communities from yeah. where you've been um i would say that it's it's a similar vibe to austin in the early 90s i'm older um it's that similar vibe but we we don't have things used to be easier because there wasn't as much um the digital element of filmmaking changed things Mm -hmm. so 
you know, in the 90s in Austin, there would be one project going on, and it was sort of led by, like, Linklater and yeah. his crew. And everybody who was in the film scene, it, it was just, like, more um, focused. Mm-hmm. Now everything's really spread out. That's why, for Middle Coast, we're trying to become a hub where we can list all of the productions. I know Women of the Now is doing the same thing with in regards to female filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So we need these, like, one-point areas where you can be like, I want to be a part of a crew... Well, we can hook you up with yes, that. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's what we want to do with our network and our community. Um, because it, it does feel the same, like the irreverence is there. The Okay, we don't have the money. Let's do what we can with it here. Um, let's let's tell stories that aren't being told. So there's a huge there's a huge element of that here of combining like this dark, awesome humor that exists here <laughs> that feels very different, like with um uh, we've got this series called Seeds. It's a web series. Um, they are currently, I don't know if Open TV sponsors them or uh, funds, if they're like the funding arm of, of that web series, but it is cool stories told by like women of color, stories you you would never realize would happen to them. And they're, they're funny as fuck. They're like centered around a bunch of like, getting high (laughs) just like coping mechanisms that everyone deals with to deal with being a a person living in this modern age so especially in chicago if if you're a person of color in chicago it's just such a different experience and um the, the the amount of collaboration that goes on between the different organizations i guess for lack yeah. of a better term because you'll see uh open t- open tv otv they'll work with full spectrum features yeah. on doing you know because the, they really want to do things with people of color and the uh the queer community so that's what they're working on and then women of the now will do stuff with you guys mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's so much fun to sip as someone who is literally just a fan yeah, yeah. i have never <laughs> i have had zero pretensions of making a film ever cool and um I'm just I'm just here for the culture. And so I I get to sit back and watch all these fascinating people just do whatever the hell they want yeah. because they have the drive and they live in a city that while they have to push back against mm-hmm. um will eventually give way in certain points and allow really interesting stories to be told. Yeah. I agree. So it's you know the it's wide open right now so that feels cool. There's not yeah, you have to deal with permitting, but there's still a lot of like guerrilla filmmaking that can happen here. Totally. Yep. Um, <laughs> just go, just go somewhere in like, and I don't shoot. know. Yeah. The West loop and just have someone who's a spotter for cops. Yeah. Yeah. And even then the cops won't bust your balls that bad. Like um, they might want to be in the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's still, I mean, we're still the Midwest, so sure. there's no place like the, the people, the, the hospitality here. People are just genuinely interested in what you're doing there's not the jaded mentality of LA, LA. Mm-hmm. which, you know, that's a great place once you're established and you can get a paycheck. Like that's obviously where yeah. you want to go, but this is a great place to like hone your craft, establish your community. And who knows, maybe in a few years with like all of us pushing together, we could be a standalone. I mean, we already are a, a standalone film industry here, but one where 
people are able to afford to buy a house instead of just renting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a scrap. There's a scrappiness to this city yes. and, a, and a, a sincere hunger. Mm-hmm. And um, as you mentioned before, a lot of television, especially television productions, I, yeah. I've been shocked at the. Um, amount of tv productions that have been going on here in chicago uh even in the just like the last few years yeah how it's grown yeah, yeah it's been it's been the huge. film office has been the big push behind that because Absolutely. christine dudley knows that that's the direction for industry and that's where you get like stable paychecks because sure you get a season picked up that's employment for like you know 300 people 300 people in chicago would have a job for nine months yeah and on a steady <laughs> yeah. Uni- union yeah as well paycheck you know making mm-hmm. sure that and that's that's gainful employment yeah and, and then and then those people can then turn around and make an independent film here and bring up more people so it's just like a, a ladder system is that's it, happening exactly here. is the film industry how we save the city <laughs> it could be it could be turn I it think, from the uh, white city into the silver screen city yeah dude, i can't wait for that to start production devil <laughs> yeah. in the white city that's yeah. gonna be great but um the uh, i lost my train of thought but I mean, just the economic. If if we're going to look at uh, film as not just an art but a business, yes, which yeah. is which is really what it is. And I think film festivals are a really interesting nexus of that mm-hmm. because you do have to have the sponsors. You got to play a little bit of the game. But those sponsors, I think, and you, maybe you can uh, give us a little bit more insight, seem genuinely interested in putting money or resources or whatever yeah. toward this art yeah and we so wow airlines is one of our sponsors too and one of the deals we've worked out with them is that um our award winner so they're part of a prize package for our audience award so Mm -hmm. you're a filmmaker you want your friends to come so they can vote for your film um so you'll get a trip to iceland on wow air but the catch is that you have to make a video a travel video okay bummer so (laughs) oh no a filmmaker making a film what are we gonna do so we're trying we're trying to integrate this idea of like filmmakers because video and everything is in your pocket and video is like the strongest component for advertising these days um that's employment for all of our filmmakers to like right get you know be gainfully employed and they can do that as a side hustle. So integrating like the sponsorship business side, we're actually we're pushing our filmmakers on them too. Like with Tushy, for example, they're like, We need a director for some video content that we're creating. I'm like, I have lots of directors. Whoosh. Here it is. <laughs> so here here's the list. I can fax it to you. Here's the people who show up on time and like, you know <laughs> And get it all done. Answer an email and a <laughs> In a, in Here's the dossier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so really, it's it's going to be an exciting three days in September. It's Thursday, September 21st through the 23rd in the newly renovated Davis Theater in, Lo- in Lincoln Square. Not yes. Logan Square. Lincoln Square. Fantastic mm-hmm. neighborhood. Um, I do want to touch on, uh, in one of your press releases, it mentions that we're going to be seeing some uh, headliner features from Oscilloscope Labs, mm-hmm. Neon, which is uh, an arm of Almo Drafthouse, right? Or it's from... They've they've branched off now. So now they're off. Neon Rated. Neon so Rated just films. just a standalone distributor. Um, they distributed I, Tanya Right, year. which is... I, I loved I, Tanya. Yeah. I thought it was really fun. They've got three identical strangers coming out. Um, yeah, that you can catch that in Chicago right now. It's 
that's playing over it. I know the music box, and that is an interesting film. Um, and A24, the gods of indie cinema yeah. in the 21st century. Keep your eye on needed, Neon Rated, though. Yeah. I love Whoa. A24. They are established. They're doing, like, their content. They've they've done the thing. Like they've, they've got their Oscar. They've they've done the thing, and they're going to continue to win Oscars. Right. Like they're going to continue to dominate, and sort of like they've kicked open that door of saying there's an audience for indep- for like smart independent film. Um, so, but keep your eye on Neon Rated. Yeah, they've they've done. You know, they had Itania. One of my favorite films of I want to say twenty six. It might have been twenty seventeen. Was Colossal. Mm-hmm. I loved Wasn't Colossal. That fun? It was it was that, a great movie. It, yeah, and it it hurt me at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really did. I think stellar performance for Anne Hathaway. So it's great to see Neon Rated doing doing well. I can't wait to see what cool they're doing. Stuff we've got like we're narrowing it down to three films. Okay. So based on distribution, like. With video on demand, everything's up in the air. And one thing we do want to have is something you can't see anywhere else. Right. We want at least one of those. So we're working with all three of those distributors to be like, okay, playing this chess game of like, what's what's coming out when? And How can we maybe make this that's, work? And that's like to circle back to what's difficult or unknown about a film fest is like the distributor game, man. you got to like... It's tough. It, yeah. is, it is real hard to... Uh, so like Chicago independent film fest, give them a pat on the back. Like their programmers, like they go through hell to get, and they, and their, their development team must raise thousands of dollars to like, just <laughs> go make in, this happen. Hundreds of thousands of dollars to just go into screening fees because oh that's, gosh. that's how competitive it is. Like, because how can you compete with video on demand? Right. right. If you if you, someone can watch a movie yeah. for what eight bucks in yeah. their house and they, I mean, and quality notwithstanding, I've I'm always a proponent of you're gonna. It's always gonna look better. It's always gonna sound better if you yeah. go into a theater. It's gonna feel better. It's gonna yes. feel a lot better. It's you'll. I found that I um, when I watch movies at home. Even if it's a movie I love, I'll fall asleep. Yeah. Often I'll just be like, oh, wow, I'm so cozy. And I'm watching, you know, Back to the Future Part 3 underrated. <laughs> and uh, no. and then Mary I just Steen- fall asleep. Let's pause and let's just like give it up for Mary Steenburgen and at like her hair, her outfit, the, the costuming, her performance. Mary, uh, very, very, uh, you did it. Mal- such a maligned movie, such a maligned performance. I think it's great. We can, we can talk later about. We can absolutely. <laughs> but so you fell asleep to that, but you still got it through but, the ethos. Well, he's but saying if, like we need the community. Like we that's, need the community. Be, being at an event mm-hmm. is is so much fun, and it keeps you excited, and it keeps you engaged in the film because it's it's being projected at like fifty. It's like fifty feet. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. And look, listen. Depression is at an all-time high. Yes, let's let's get real. And so we need these you we need these reasons to get out of your house and look people in the eye mm-hmm. and be like, okay, not all human beings suck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let's talk about something we love. You know, yeah. if you get a bunch of people in a room talking film, um, you're going to get some guy who's running around just like Kubrick is God. But you know, that's a known quantity. But everyone yeah. else is going to be having a really great conversation. Yeah. And I think learning things from one another. Everyone else that, will be having. Is that you? Are you Kubrick is God? No, or? no. I'm just saying that I think that that's a hilarious. <laughs> Everybody else is going to be having a great conversation. Yeah, but that and, guy. He'll he'll be in the corner and he'll have some one to talk to too probably my husband oh yeah yeah big kubrick guy <laughs> yes uh, well there's nothing wrong with well, that i do love kubrick name but. a name a cinematographer who isn't like up kubrick's ass 
I can't name one. Uh, Kevin Smith, maybe. maybe. <laughs> he's yes. and he's like cinematographer. I love him, but in like the loosest sense of the word. <laughs> yes. Um, in that he captures images. Yeah. With the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess to to top it all off, uh, what do you hope people walk away from after coming to Middle Coast? Um. Well, I'm a mom, and I want everyone to feel very taken care of. That's like my comfort zone is to take care of everybody. So I want everyone to walk away feeling like they had a great time. They met new friends. They got all the booze or LaCroix that they could possibly put into their body. Um, they knew where everything was. Like We, were, we had clear communication. Um, our website was clear. You know, I just want people to walk away being like, all right, I'll come back. Yeah. That sounds like fun. That is that is very sweet. Yeah. I think that's a very noble cause and a very a very realistic cause. Yeah. yeah. To have to make sure everybody just walks walks out saying, Yeah, I'll come back next year. I had good I feel better now. That's what I want people to feel. Because it does suck right now. Like everyone's dealing with it. So anytime you can find happiness and community and again looking people in the eye and being like, Hey, you're all right. Yeah. We're going to get through this. So, and finding ways to activate in the community. So, you know, through our panels, we've got a, a documentary panel, documentary meets journalism panel, mm. where we want to team up uh, journalists and reporters with filmmakers to make their, to give journalists the stories that they're telling because we're so inundated with like, what the fuck that happened? Yeah. I can't believe that happened. And it just gets swept away. But if there's like a video component, it'll last longer. People can absorb the information better and then perhaps do something about it. Yeah. So many, so many different connections. Yeah. So many Seriously. different things going on. All right. Jess Lewandowski. That's me. She is the director of the Middle Coast Film Festival. It's going to be happening this September. So you got plenty of time. Tickets are only $35. And if you follow them on social media, you can get $10 off. Yes. That's 25 That's maths. That's um, maths. Love it. Quick maths. Love <laughs> Deals. that stuff. As I like to say, it's a deal. It's a deal. It's a steal. It's a crime of the fucking century. Uh, thank you so much, Jess, for thank coming you. on the show. We will see you at the Middle Coast Film Festival this fall. Y'all are lovely. All yeah. right. We'll be back in just a little bit uh talk uh, you know connor and i haven't seen each other in a little while so yeah. we gotta talk about some of the movies we watch so stick around you're listening to no coast cinema on wgm plus back in just a bit going to introduce a different segment here a new segment uh we're gonna call it well connor you came up with the name i think you should introduce it get real tom get real r-e-e-l mm-hmm. as god intended it yeah you know he <laughs> on the eighth day he told everyone to get real <laughs> yeah he gave him like a little wink because he's like, like movies and then they're like what's a movie and he's like oh you kids aren't you're not ready for that yet yeah but your kids are gonna love it i don't know if you can hear my sunglasses <laughs> but i'm repeatedly just sort of taking them down and looking at tom because it's like a verbal and visual cue to say get real 
and and i must point out that uh both of both of them both uh connor and our, of our esteemed guest jess lewandowski mm-hmm. are both wearing shades right now mm-hmm. and, and i have been Thomas. unceremoniously left out because well we're the, we're the realist the yeah. realist we're the realist the realist and tom is shadeless he doesn't i don't know why he doesn't want to join us but i don't know the water's fine man I, i've done it I've done it all. The water's cool. Um, so in this segment, we just want to talk about some of the movies that we want to get real about, give our honest opinions of, and uh, they can be recent movies that have just come out or things that we have revisited and have uh, some new thoughts on. Just kind of a grab bag of stuff. So, uh, Jess, I want you to start us off with a movie that you've seen recently. What do you want to get real about? Get real. I want to get real about Sorry to Bother You. Okay. The new film from Boots Riley. Boots Riley, He was actually, he was here. He was at WGN yesterday. I saw him. I was like standing like less than a foot away from him. I'm like, yeah, it's Boots Riley. Wow. Tight. What was he wearing? Boots? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I just, I don't remember specifically. I just saw him and I was like, this is the flyest motherfucker I've ever seen in my entire life. He is so, such a cool customer. And the movie is the flyest fucking movie since like the big Lebowski. Like it's that level of just like, I mean, it's about a telemarketer and he gets into these antics and I don't want to give it away because I want everyone to see it but the performances the art direction in it is just it's got something for everybody if you if you're a filmmaker who or a film fan who loves to look at set design or screenwriting or whatever the fuck the cinematography it is it's got it all so would you say it's like a learning experience as much as it is a fun watch um yeah it felt fresh like i felt like okay i haven't seen a movie like this 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 feels like a fresh perspective um the entire time i was just sitting there like fuck yeah like (laughs) smile oh shit i can't believe you did that what like there was lots of those moments you know where you're tapping the person next to you Mm -hmm. um i get to see lots of screeners um you know industry whatever quotations industry yeah um so i was able to see that one early but um god damn it was so good yeah and it's it's a stacked cast oh yeah lakeith stanfield is in the is in the lead role we've also got uh danny glover yeah you've got terry cruz and um got, yeah. tessa thompson and your army hammer army wow. army hammer mm-hmm. who the dumb man himself yeah yeah i i want him so badly to be a superstar i thought you were just gonna leave it at that i want I him want so him. badly no, well, I, okay That's one yes everybody yeah <laughs> i mean the the man's a god he's a greek god look at him and he's actually descended from you know what Thor? Is, you know you know is he from Thor? <laughs> Has that been established? Did he do twenty three and me? Who is he descended from? Well, you know what, what a hilarious you, way to talk about who his well, parents do you, are. Do you well? Do you know what his full name is? You know, what Army is short for hmm. Armando. Armand. Armand. Armand Hammer. Armand Hammer. I shit you not. His grandfather is Armand Hammer, who owned the company that makes the fucking baking soda, oh, Arm and Hammer. Man, like, I wow. thought his parents were just funny. I'm sure they are. I'm sure. Well, apparently they are. <laughs> a little funny. Either they that or just sense of humor. Horribly cruel. Armand Hammer. His name is Armand Hammer. Their See, son is a is a marketing technique. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's a good story of like a rich kid who who went the right direction yeah yeah except yeah. for the lone ranger 
Yeah. Oh shit. That's yeah, right. that happened. <laughs> that was supposed to be a his smirk. thing. Well, and it is sad because he does. He's got the looks. Mm-hmm. He's got the you know the acting chops. Really, as we saw in Call Me by Your Name, he knows how to do this. Social Network, his coming out party, playing literally two different people twins but two different people and he pulls it off without a without a hitch but he just kind of had bad luck he just never really ascended to that uh, movie star status true but in sorry to bother you he plays great part um and it you know i told you earlier i'm a big conspiracy theorist so this movie taps into that too a lot of paranoia about like corporate overlords which everyone i mean we all know that exists so this is a great um a great caper it felt fresh is like he had he had i don't know who produced it i know it was annapurna pictures um but it felt like he had great leadership someone like a guiding hand that kept that going but the whole time he had like creative control to be like okay but i want the camera to do this yeah like these little tiny adjustments that feel like um he had a great team i mean i liken it to like how beyonce's creative team does stuff that you've never seen before it was it was like watching that but um i don't know just highly recommend absolutely Mm -hmm. well i know lots of people it's been getting stellar reviews connor and i have not seen it but we are fully planning on seeing this as soon as possible um sorry to bother you out in theaters now mm-hmm. uh, here in the city of Chicago. Uh, Connor, what do you want to get real about? Um, I'm going to get real with the only movie that I've seen in the last week um, because I was up in my, uh, you know, your retreat. My little retreat. Um, <clears throat> I saw Goldmember. Austin Powers. Austin Powers and Goldmember. Gold yeah, Holy I watched shit. I watched that. Um, Mike Myers. Here's what here's kind of my takeaways from it. Um, Mike Myers is a treasure. And I'm glad that he's back doing the Gong Show. I wish that he was. I wish that he did more. Um, Have you read his films. book? Sorry to be or how to be Canadian or something like I've that. I've not. My my husband's Canadian, so someone gifted it to him, and it's fucking so funny. Is it, it is it recent? What did he write it? I want to say like last two years. Wow! It was a Christmas present. It was oh, so cool. fucking funny. I so. can't believe that I haven't even heard of that. If you think Mike Myers is a treasure, this needs to belong to you. I will. Well, I just. It's funny that <laughs> you say When's that birthday? he wrote the tenth. Actually, it's coming up on oh, Tuesday. Um, interesting. It's funny that you say that because I did just finish. I read a lot up there. Mm. I didn't because I was out in the sun a lot, you know, mm. and so I read slapstick. Vonnegut slapstick, and I. read the entire fellowship of the ring wow i read that in six days and uh very proud of myself never done that before this is the third time that i've have will have read it but um it's interesting that you say that mike myers has written a book because i can't believe that i haven't heard about that yeah i'll get Um, get you the title yeah please do so does gold member hold up that was that was uh yes early 2000s oh yeah um so i yeah 2003 was the last one that they made um and it's better than the second one the first one is still the best one by right. our right site but um we're getting real here right so yeah, i'm gonna real. go ahead and say gold member is incredible the character is another great addition to like how 
Mike Myers just introduces his characters with just these absurd one-liners. <laughs> like he's a hedonist, he's a endlessly self-indulging hedonistic Dutchman. Like that's gold member. <laughs> right. That's gold member. Right. Perfect. Um, Michael Caine is in it as Austin Powers' father, mm. who is sort of estranged father. Uh, great, great character. Terrible. <laughs> terrible dad here's the thing about the austin powers movies that i think that are hilarious is not only are they hilarious takedowns of james bond but they're also really good james bond movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they are they do they do they challenge like the supremacy of of bonds like better movies yeah and this is like i could watch from russia with love or i could watch austin powers right and, Goldmember. and, let's and not it's still forget, a good james bond movie gold member starts out with this insane over-the-top expensive action sequence <laughs> With Tom Cruise playing Austin Powers, Danny DeVito being Mini Me, uh, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey as Doctor Evil, Gwyneth Paltrow as Dixie Normus, who is just some <laughs> fake Bond girl. <laughs> Why does that? I, the thing that always gets me about the Austin Powers movies is that they still, in all their child, like that's a super childish joke, it and is. it is still hysterical. It, it, I know, and that that is maybe the most childish of the three movies. Yeah, frankly, but, but only Mike Myers could take that into a meeting and pitch that like probably only on spec like we just like yeah. we want to do this and we'll have dixie enormous and <laughs> it'll be played by gwyneth paltrow and the, the studio's like yeah there's, there's 25 million well, like call and her you, up <laughs> and you know that oh you know that really good uh pop star from that band destiny's child you know oh, beyonce yes. beyonce let's get her she'll play like a black exploitation stereotype and, and and it'll be great it will not be it will. It won't be like poorly. Uh, it won't be mean spirited. It's going to be like, look how fucking awesome mm-hmm. Beyonce is. Yeah, and that was maybe my favorite performance of all of the like f- uh, female counterparts in those awesome Powers movies. She totally. She totally takes it up a notch. Yes. She does. For it. She steals he's, every scene. He's kind of like not really his ridiculous self around her because he's. It's like he is starstruck. Uh-huh. Almost. Yeah. It, that's kind of what I was thinking when I was watching it. I bet. Um. Mike Holds Myers up. is such a weird guy. Yeah. I mean, incredible writer. You know who honestly. he you know who he wanted to direct Wayne's World? Who? No. Uh he wanted Jean-Luc Godard. <laughs> really? I, I shit you not. That's... That is recorded that he wanted Jean-Luc Godard to direct Wayne's, Wayne's World. World. And <laughs> I can only imagine the French is this a conspiracy new wave theory? it could be. <laughs> Uh, I can only imagine the French New Wave masterpiece that could have been. Mm. But we did get a fantastic female filmmaker, one of my favorites, Penelope Spheris. Yep. Decline of Western Civilization, one, two, and three. Mm. And uh, so it just, Mike Myers has always struck me as a really weird dude. Yes. Like, I've heard some bad stories in terms of. Um, he was really jealous of Dana Carvey because Dana Carvey was more popular than him at the time, at the time. that they were making Wayne's World. Okay. Then Wayne's World comes out and it launches Mike Myers over Dana. But, I mean, Dana Carvey had all the characters and he was just like, well, I want that. Isn't I'm it Mike funny? Myers. Like, human human relationships, just the pattern, like the friendship and the cohabitation pattern just continues. Totally. Like, in every aspect. You can't go to, like, an office. You can't do a movie set. You can't. You can't exist without people like in their little egos yeah, or yeah. big egos. Yeah, that's true. It's uh and that's that's sometimes filmmaking, I guess. No, yeah, there's get, a lot especially of ego. these actors, these damn actors. <laughs> All right, I got to get real about uh two things. Get real, Tom. Uh one, the Cohen brothers auspicious debut, Blood Simple, wonderful movie. <sighs> so good. I hadn't watched it in a in a while. 
and I really like the Coen brothers a lot. And I was just, I think I had, I watched Big Lebowski for the hundredth time. Yeah. I was like, man. Have you seen the Japanese film that it's based off of? No. Blood wait. Simple? Blood Simple? What? Um, yeah. I'm going to find that title and send yeah. it to you because I need takeaways. God damn. It's good. Like, uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, don't quote me. I'll have to look it up. But, um, We'll do some internet research. Yeah, it's a Japanese film that Blood Simple is based off of, and it's so well done. I think it's in the 60s, maybe 70s, mm-hmm. because Blood Simple, 80s, yeah. that's like Francis's first Yeah, start. Francis McDormand, holy cow. Mm. Talk about treasures. She, she is just as beautiful today as she was then, yeah. and just as a fantastic of an actor yeah like she just how does someone just come out of the gate with that level of chops yeah how do they kick that much ass how do they steal the entire fucking movie away from some really fantastic character actors yeah and like it's still making it a female focused film totally and i always applaud the coen brothers for that because they they do such a good job of telling the female perspective Mm -hmm. and you know they've always had a pretty good read on that mm-hmm. i've i've oh and you know francis mcdormand has never struck me as a kind of person that would fuck with anyone who's not on her level yeah she's but. like if if joel is she married to joel or ethan i, th- I want to say joel she's married to yes mm, yes we'll, yeah. we'll have to fact check yeah i i think she she <laughs> she, much uh, she would not be married to joel cohen if she thought that he was like a fuck boy about oh, yeah. females uh, you know women in film and women in general yeah. so i think he, they've always had a really funny approach to presenting the female's perspective but especially in this movie like blood simple is the ter- the term blood simple is this kind of old term to it was used in a racist context to describe native americans mm-hmm. when they would go blood simple and just go out for for violence and blood and it kind of like you know it's it's the idea that if you go out seeking revenge you better dig two graves and everybody in, and it's so great when the title makes sense because every all the men in this movie they go blood simple and then they get fucked up they get they just get absolutely wrecked the minute they start doubting uh, Francis McDormand's character, Abby, mm-hmm. they just get fucked up. Yep. And it's all their own fault. And um, it's it's an amazing neo-noir. What, what a debut film from two dudes whose previous movie was like working with Sam Raimi on The Evil Dead. Like, who would have thought that this would be Wait what they minute. come up with? They were best buddies. Get real. I'm getting real. Yeah. Wait a minute. The Coen brothers worked on... We worked with Sam Raimi on Ethan, Evil Dead. Ethan Co. I'm pretty sure Ethan Cohen edited. He was the editor. He or he worked with the editor. Yeah, he was. That, he was doing that it. whole film scene in the early '80s. Was I mean, it's it it won't ever happen again because no. it again with the access to digital stuff. It was just a more, um, what's the word for clean. <laughs> not like uh less saturated yeah and so the the cream rose to the top and they all started hanging out together and fucking shooting the shit and then shooting movies i'll yeah. work on this you'll work on that and then and you can you do know. this and, and i think uh to take it back to our earlier conversation that's what middle coast is searching for we're right. searching trying to get all these people talking hop, but hop in our pot absolutely and uh francis norman uh, the some of the other actors in this movie uh john getz 
M. L. M. Emmett Walsh. Okay. As the private detective. The private uh-huh. detective is my favorite. Holy character. shit! What a performance! It's so. I can't even evil. believe it. It's and but so, so scummy and so nasty. Yeah. He's so sweaty and yeah. gross. I was just about to say, like the the makeup department with their spritz of glycerin. Yeah, I kept swear them, they kept them so sweaty, <laughs> so hot. You could like feel the dirt and the dust. That scene in the field, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, if you haven't seen Blood Simple and you want to really understand where the Coen Brothers got their start and like how why they're so beloved, definitely Blood Simple. And then uh, I'll throw another one into the ring uh, to plug our friends over at Bad Movie Brunch. Mm. Uh, they just did a great episode on the <laughs> on the film Tusk, um, one of A twenty four's earliest releases. Yeah. Kind of their black sheep of the family. They definitely do not talk about the fact that they distributed tusk um kevin smith i wonder why yeah honestly i think it could have been a lot worse i had a lot of fun (laughs) that's so kind of you yeah (laughs) i mean i'll i'll say this about kevin smith um i think he's always been an interesting guy to watch and watch his movies and see like what his ideas are and the way that he goes about making uh films has always been imperfect but interesting I mean, he he was part of the whole 90s revival of the indie film and making indie film cool. Like yeah. him and Tarantino and Soderbergh were this mm-hmm. generation of filmmakers that were just like, oh, we don't give a fuck about what the man wants us to make. We're going to make Reservoir Dogs. We're yeah. going to make Sex, Lies, and Videotape. And the probably the lesser but still a great movie of these of this kind of generation was clerks and clerks still means a lot to people. And yeah, I think Kevin absolutely. Smith still means a lot to people. And, uh, it opened the door for the conversation to be like, it doesn't have to be this studio system. Right. So I and, thought that was pretty cool. And he continues that with Tusk. Um, it's very much not a, uh, crowd pleaser of a picture. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's based off of this bullshit story that they picked up for their podcast and then basically got super high and ba- like literally laid out all the major plot beats on the podcast between him and his longtime producer, Scott Mosier. And then yeah. they made it. And then they made it. It's great to have a studio back you. That's no true. What. Well, cause he's Kevin Smith yeah. and maybe, maybe that's the issue with it is that Kevin Smith is allowed to just follow these wild eyed ideas. Yeah. And I feel like that's what's happening now is that, um, there's a, a governor now, like, because of financial, because of video, VOD is available, independent filmmakers have to be smarter. They have to have better content in order to, like, rise above the the crowd and to get financed because um, it's not just a free-for-all anymore. Like, yeah. you don't get a blank check anymore just because you're a name. You have to have, like, XYZ attached to your film. Too. Yeah. You don't have some dude just finding you at Sundance and being like take this yeah i mean it still happens look at chazelle but like that's true he definitely they just really gave but he also he comes from someone he comes from money yeah he definitely had some contacts i in love there. when you dig back just a little you're like oh that guy came out of nowhere and then you're like oh but your uncle is this editor or, and, and yeah he also made that short film which turned into whiplash with yeah, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah, he had so, J.K. Simmons in fuck the off, Damien Chazelle. <laughs> yeah. You are, and then there was it was like Guy and Madeline on a park bench is kind of like proto La La, La Land. Mm-hmm. And I feel terrible, and I've said I've said this on the show before. I think this is kind of my secret shame. Um, I 
fucking love La La Land. I know it's such a problematic <laughs> fucking it's, movie, and it's it definitely it, it is. It I don't know. It just touches me in this part of my of the last gooey part of my of my soul that hasn't it, been hardened over. My, yeah, my secret shame is. Oh, it's bad. The Sex in the City movie. Wow. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> Not mean, even the show. The you know, movie. Yeah. The fucking movie. Incredible. I was like, give me the fashion. Give me the characters. Because, you know, <laughs> I watched the series. And, yeah, I I recently watched it with my girlfriends. And I was like, God damn it. I still like That's this movie. so goddamn good. <laughs> I feel like we just went into too real. Yeah. yeah. Now, now we're getting very real. We've gone beyond away. the gauntlet of getting real. Put that it. away. And I found... <laughs> The, the Japanese film is called uh, A Woman, a Gun, and a Noodle Shop. Oh, shit. That, I have definitely yeah, heard of that yeah. title before. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get it. I'm going to just, I'm going to get it on recommendation. And it's based, it's backwards. I had it backwards. They based it on Coen Brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they made Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. But I would love, I love it when, um, you know, different, if you're like when a foreign you know market decides like hey we like this but let's try to make it our own and mm-hmm. use our own cultural ideas and values and change how it looks um are you I watching mean, any like korean cinema oh yeah uh, yeah okay, i good. mean we talked about we've talked about the whaling i before. just watched the whaling the is other there a day. place it's in wonderful. town that shows it on the big screen the whaling no okay. that's still just on the netflix, right. on the netflix yeah. but i mean there's a huge contingent of people uh one of our one of you our think good friends would show people would show up if we had some korean cinema like uh, for yeah, one absolutely. of our film nights okay yeah especially if you one of my one of some of my favorite korean cinema uh is the vengeance trilogy cool. so like yeah. old boy mm. and um late lady vengeance is yep. one of them and uh those are fantastic uh i've well, always had a soft spot for the host yeah oh yeah the host is great Well, they're doing they're doing action and violence like in a way that um it's so satisfying yeah it is so and, and like funny too mm-hmm. well and i've noticed korean television has ridiculously taken off in the united states yeah my daughter loves k-pop k-pop all about the k-pop just uh, there's there's literally even a streaming service that you can get now called drama fever that is just korean oh shit drama. i have to tell her let her know okay there's just something maybe that's you know birthday gift christmas gift yeah well, you get we're, some drama we're sharing our spotify account and sometimes some K-pop will pop a little on BTS there. Like, messing up your playlist. Good lord! <laughs> There's something <laughs> like aggressively catchy about oh, K-pop. For sure. it's, yeah, it's like monstrously. Catchy. I'll be cooking and I'll be like, "Oh shit! I've been listening to this for." I thought I was listening to some Fleetwood Mac. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. So, wow. What an inaugural segment of Get Real. <laughs> Get we Real, guys. Gotten to some places. Yeah. yeah. Top that. Top sex in the city. Yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry. Guys. No, don't. Yeah. That's. I'm going to say this. Um, I think people shouldn't have to apologize for think for the movies that just speak that to like. them on a level. Yeah. You know, um, there's there's some movies that I watch that I think have over his, you know, as history has gone by or as time has gone by have become difficult. Like I remember when Scott Pilgrim versus the world came out, I was like, Oh my God, this is so awesome. And then I watch it. I'm like, this is still super well-made, but ah, like there's a lot of stuff about this. I think there's, there's something to be said about that. I think there's something to be said that you don't have to hate a movie, but you can be like, Hey, this is racist. This is sexist. This is misogynistic. This is transphobic, et cetera, et cetera. Well, look at you, white dude doing all the work. Listen, I, I was getting to talk to folks 
folks like you and getting to talk to like the the people from women of the now there's so much i don't know there's so much we don't know this is part of why we do the show we don't cool. know there's so much shit we don't know like please tell us learn us on things learn us please learn us i think we can all benefit from that attitude yeah because nobody knows shit no not anymore till they know if you know you know no yeah. but and if you know and we're all just economic batteries yeah <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I did. Producers note: uh, until the please, mole, until we do the need to people. take the we do need to take that stuff from the top and bring Just, it in now because yeah. we've done it. We've and, done it now. And now that uh, I'll do callbacks. Sh- now that the show is over, just enjoy a completely unorganized conversation about God. I don't even remember. It's been a, it's a lifetime ago. And yeah. now for and now for something completely different. Uh, you can just, have me back for murders. Too. Oh please, I'll open up on murders. Too. Oh, let's do We're it. We're doing a My Favorite Murder meetup at what? the festival. Yeah. There's so many different things. All right. I yeah. need you to, I need you, let's open the plug bag here. I need you to plug everything about this festival. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, what are some of the, some of the events that people can go to? And uh, where can we follow you specifically, Jess? You can follow me. Um, well, I have a private account. I keep that shit locked down. Fair Sorry, enough. Guys. Smart enough. But yeah. um, I'm a mom. I've got two kids. I don't want y'all following me. No. <laughs> you don't need to see. You don't need to see. What <laughs> Never I'm mind. Doing. Um, but for we'll Middle Coast, uh, you can follow us on Middle Coast Fest or at Middle Coast Fest. Uh, www.middlecoastfest.com is our website that is so beautiful designed by uh, Mariah Garadizola cut that out I, I always mis- misspell her name got it um, or mis- mispronounce her name um, so uh, middlecoastfest.com our website Facebook is Middle Coast Fest Twitter is uh, at Middle Coast Fest Instagram at Middle Coast Fest um we're all on those socials we'll talk to you you can ask us anything and we'll answer it really oh (laughs) especially dating advice it's my favorite oh i've been married for 10 years and so you've so you've you've seen it all well i just love giving advice yeah so if you need that i'm here for you okay that's important i'm about to take to twitter real quick (laughs) ask for some dating advice you know you know I keep going to these bars, but no one will talk to me. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Something so why don't why don't why don't women like my mesh T-shirt? <laughs> I thought it was cool. <laughs> All right, Jess Lewandowski. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, I will definitely be talking to you again sometime in the future. We'll see you at the festival. Yep. Uh, you've been listening to NoCo Cinema here on WGN Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I'm Tom Hush, and I've got to go to Elias, and we will see you all next week. 